0: AND BY BUSINESS FIRST BANK, WITH LOCATIONS THROUGHOUT THE STATE, INCLUDING 11 OFFICES IN THE BATON ROUGE AREA, PROVIDING PERSONAL AND COMMERCIAL BANKING, TREASURY MANAGEMENT AND WEALTH SOLUTION SERVICES TO HELP CLIENTS SUCCEED. BUSINESS FIRST BANK, BANKING WITH GREATER MOMENTUM. AND BY SHUERTON ASSOCIATES, LEGAL RECRUITERS IN LOUISIANA AND TEXAS. on the Boulevard. We're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. Stephanie Regal is a broadcaster and editor of Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business Baton Rouge style.
1: Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Today we have two very special guests, homegrown entrepreneurs who defied the odds and the expressed wisdom of their elders to follow their dreams and act on what they knew was a good idea. Both of those companies are now powerhouse restaurant chains based right here in Baton Rouge, Raising Cane's, and Walk-On's Bar and Bistro. Our first guest is Todd Graves, founder and CEO of Raising Cane's. It's been 20 years now since Todd opened the first Raising Cane's on the corner of Highland and State Street just outside the north gates of LSU. In the years since, his chain of fried chicken fingers restaurants has grown to nearly 300 locations in 20 states and the country of Kuwait. Keynes is also one of the 10 largest private companies in Baton Rouge, with revenues last year of $580 million, and the company shows no signs of slowing down. Todd's story is legendary here in Baton Rouge, we're going to talk about it, it's a pleasure to have him here with us today, thanks for being here.
2: Well Thanks for having me, and thank you for this uh, wonderful lunch we're about to have here at Mansour's.
1: <laughs> Great. And joining me and Todd today is another well-known restaurant entrepreneur. He is Brandon Landry, co-founder and co-owner of Walk-On's Bistro & Bar. Brandon actually made two dreams come true. First, when he was a walk-on to the LSU men's basketball team. And then a few years later, when he and his partner at the time started Walk-Ons, which has since been named by ESPN as the best sports bar in America. In 2015, Drew Brees became a partner and ambassador for Walk-Ons, which now has 10 restaurants in six states and dozens more literally on the way. Brandon, thanks for being here today.
3: Glad to be here as well, Stephanie.
1: Well, Todd, I'd like to start with you because your story is extraordinary. You and your friend, LSU students, come up with this business plan for a restaurant that just does chicken fingers and nothing else. You give it to your business professor. He tells you it'll never work, as does bank after bank after bank, until you finally go out and raise enough money for your own working in Alaska in the salmon fisheries, and you come back and you start the restaurant, and it was a success. That's the narrative. Is that the way it really happened?
2: Yeah, that's, that's kind of really <laughs> the way it happened. Uh, uh, you know, it, some of it turned into, you know, whether it's a legend or folklore, uh, the original professor um, at LSU, he did give it the worst grade in the class, but it was only a B minus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then later on, students started saying, oh, you heard that uh, Professor Lorkey failed uh, <laughs> failed the uh, the business plan. And it wasn't that. And so, you know, it's actually his preface was, it was a very good plan. You know, I knew down to, it's motivated. I knew down to what I, my aprons would cost each week, right? I worked in the restaurant business in college. And, uh, and then also, while I was writing the business plan, you know, I bartended at night, so I knew the business. Okay. And so it was a good plan, but he said, if you look at the trends of quick service restaurants, and he was right at the time, they were going towards more variety. All of them were pushing variety. They were adding all kinds of menu items. And they're also going more healthy items. All these different things that were going on in the, in the industry. So he's like, well, you're going against the industry trend. You know, It's something you should have really researched the market. And so, but I was like, but in my mind, I was like, no, that's what's going to make us different. It's going to make us like an In-N-Out burger since 1948 on the West Coast. That's still the most popular burger joint around is we're going to do one thing and do it better than anybody else with a craveable product. And I feel if you do that, you're, you're always going to win.
1: Interesting. Now, how did you know that chicken fingers was that one thing?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, so when I was a kid, we all grew up eating bone-in chicken. Right. You know, it was. It was what it was. It was bone-in chicken. And then when we got a little older, and I started like really paying attention to the restaurant business, you know, working at it. Like in high school, I started noticing. That everybody started started slowly adding strips or chicken tenderloins, which we actually use, or mm-hmm. you know, our cut chicken breast, and also dipping sauces. It got real popular. Then, it was in college, it got even more popular. Everybody from the national chains like Chili's back then were doing it, and every mom and pop were doing it. And I'm like, if somebody does this and does it better than anybody else around, and there were some other Southeast concepts that were they were catching on then and they were doing it. I said, I said, this is the product of the future, which is actually I think it's the number one kids' item now. It's one of the well, sure, that's one what all the kids the eat
1: now. Um, where did you come up with the recipes? How did you know that you were going to be able to do them really, really well?
2: I worked, I worked at some places <laughs> similar, and then I'm also been. I grew up in mom's kitchen, South of Louisiana. You know, you grow up cooking, and so I have a real good feel for cooking and and actually frying them, frying fish down at the camp, frying <laughs> chicken and stuff. And so I have a good sense for it. And, you know, it was important when I was doing the recipes, and that's where I mean. they come up with great poultry seasonings, right? And I worked right. with some good professionals here in town, a guy named Paul Nockan. Uh, with colony spice but I didn't want it to be spicy Cajun food and at that point I didn't have the 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 vision that doesn't go across the country I thought this Northgate's LSU but I didn't want Cajun chicken I just wanted that flavorful fried chicken my mom and I used to cook she's from West from East Texas so maybe that's what inspired me just to make it flavorful it worked out later that it's not a regional food it actually works right now different parts of the world go to the camp with him on the weekend you talk about
3: (laughs) really good
1: cooking well Brandon I want to I'm glad you spoke up because I want to bring you in here and you also like Todd have this incredible story you and and your friend and partner at the time Jack Warner were were walk-ons to the LSU basketball team which was itself an extraordinary feat and you traveled around the country right in the course of your you know work with the team and you went to all these different sports bars and places and y'all said we can do this better
3: yeah I mean we were on the LSU basketball team and as walk-ons and everybody knows what a walk-on is I mean it's it's a player that's really not scouted or awarded a scholarship you play for the true love of the game and, mm-hmm. and you got to be that ultimate team member and doing everything for the love of the game. And so, you know, we were traveling throughout the SEC, throughout the world, uh, going to Italy, going to Hawaii, going to all these different places. And I think we figured out pretty early on in our career we weren't going to play in the NBA because <laughs> we couldn't get off the bench in <laughs> right. college. And so uh, we said, man, we got to figure out a way to make some money one day. And man, I tell you, we, going throughout the SEC and going throughout the, all these awesome towns, it was kind of a need. It was it was more of a need. Neither of us grew up in the restaurant business. Neither of I mean I was a sugarcane farmer's son. Uh Jack, Jack had traveled around the country living in different cities and you know, when we it got down to it it was like, this is just a, a great idea. Let's let's put Louisiana, our community the sports, everything kind of together and, and see if we can do it. And like Todd, you know, I mean, Todd was, we, he, helped, we went to college the first year the original Canes opened. Wow. So of course we were eating chicken fingers like crazy. And I was there, there. I <laughs> was cooking. Yeah, chicken Todd, Todd was actually cooking it back then, 96 and 97. And, uh, you know, I mean, we, we did it as a business plan as well. Dr. Justice's class here at LSU. And did he give you
1: better than a B no, minus? No, we got a C. <laughs> oh, no. We
3: got see. And uh, it, it was kind of the, the same thing. I mean, and we, did, C, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't have, as figured out as as he did back then we kind of had this idea and you know back in the day it was you know we were 21 and 22 year old kids and it was like what's important to us let's have cold beer really cool tvs really nice place really hot uh,
1: waitresses yeah
3: really cute girls (laughs) and uh you know what's important to you at 21 and 22 years old you know and we got that one open and man we were really really bad in the beginning. Unlike him, they, they <laughs> had it kind of figured out. It was a great place to hang out. <laughs> it was a great place, but that was about it. I mean, our, our, our food, our systems, I mean, we had we had nothing back back then. We didn't buy a franchise. We kind of wanted to figure it out on our own. We developed our brand. But, you know, from the beginning, it, it, we knew we had a great culture and, and, you know, having that walk-on mentality that never give up. We got turned down by six or seven banks as well and it, it was kind of that that walk-on mentality that we were going to make this work and you know being young that enough, first
1: the, one was the
3: original on, of, by, right uh, the south gate the Southgate still in, yes, on ma'am. burbank and so i guess at every success story is a little bit of luck in there we were literally driving by that piece of property when they were hammering in the for sale sign wow. for, for that piece of real estate and Jack and I pulled over. We actually had to get the guy to move out of the way so I could get the number to Kurtz and Abair and call Mark Abair <laughs> here in town. And We walked in his office, once again, two young guys, and he thought it was a joke at first. But, you know, we kind of laid out the plan to him, and we got some investors involved. And bank number seven, it's uh, Mr. Mike Anderson here, not the yeah. restaurant tour, the banker. Uh, he gave us our, our first opportunity. And 13 years later, here we are.
1: Both of y'all outside the, the gates of LSU—one in the north, one in the yeah. south. Your flagship restaurants. I guess the LSU culture has been really important in in the growth of, of um, these brands.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, when you start off by a college campus, uh, one—if it's your—it was our peer group when I opened up, just like when Brandon yep. did. I was just out of college, just like him. So you know what college students want. You know, you know what they're willing to pay. You know, what's co- your crew members are all college students. You know, so you make a great, fun culture. So, I mean, I made, you know, I was like, my my goal was to make fried chicken cool. You know people didn't want to work drive-throughs before i before i opened up that original canes but we played fun music i worked it led it by example we made it fun but we had pride delivering that product and i think brandon did as well so brandon saw my restaurants you know i was literally cooking his chicken when he was there and i still would be cooking chicken today every day that was my role growing this restaurant chain i love it and uh and brandon would come through and i'd be in the drive-through right happy you know delivering that, that product and so same thing when he opened his his restaurant at walk-ons and so it's right down the street from my house but when he opened up we went all the time, right? And you don't give yourself enough credit. The food wasn't bad; it just wasn't as good as it was now. Yeah. But you went to an authentic and genuine place that had that soul around and true support from LSU and those students, yeah. and then the giving back. So that's carried over in my growth, and uh, and I know it has carried over. And Brandon, Brandon and I are very, very close friends. But like, this opened up in Lubbock, Texas. Unbelievable sales he's doing there. But it's he's recreating that within what he, he created in the South gates LSU that first walk on
1: how do you recreate that authenticity and that, that sense, that feeling that's unique to the people in Lubbock without it being just like another sports bar chain?
2: Well,
3: that's exactly it. I mean, w- culture, you can scale. A lot of people think you can't scale it. But, I mean, you look at Raisin Cane's, you look at Chick-fil-A's, you look at Starbucks around the world, That what they're doing with these cultures. And, and ours is the same way. We're just on a, on a little bit larger, not the quick service scale where, you know, Waiting on tables, full service, uh, huge crews. I mean, we open up with over 200 kids in there. But it's really cool. I go in there and I tell the story. And and I'm at every opening. And I'm making sure that we tell them how it was back in the day. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, yeah, we we probably weren't as bad as I make it out to be but you know Jack and I would would leave our office every lunch shift with a pocket full of gift cards because we knew <laughs> we had to take care of this that it was going to the food took too long or maybe they didn't like it or something like that but you know it, it, it was we always said we're throwing a party man you you coming in our place and it's just like you're throwing a house party you're taking care of the people at the end of the day that's that's the business we're in we just got to take care of the people and make sure that they're happy and the emotions always take over of course being former athletes LSU was a huge part of it too I mean we we, people ask us all the time would we go back and do it again be a walk-on played seven minutes my whole career absolutely I mean the relationships that that we created back in the day it carries over to today
1: I know that you for instance you're Raisin Cane's was a big hit. You grew really fast, those first few restaurants, and then you, you kind of put the brakes on and said, wait, we have to get serious now. How do you grow sustainably? You know, And, and, and at what point, too, did you, Brandon, say, wait, we, we got to get serious about this and figure out how to scale up and do it the right way?
2: Yeah, I think when you, when you recognize what your vision is, and my vision, literally, the eighth restaurant, like you said, we grew. We grew the first one. A year and a half later, we opened a second one. And then um, then in five months, I did five locations. Four double wow. drive-throughs here in town and the uh, uh, mall food court. And it was uh, great, because I could prove out in different areas. It wasn't just a college concept. But at that point, too, is I could still get around all these restaurants and see everybody regularly. And when I came with that vision, I'm like, I want locations all over the world someday. But the eight locations, I said, i got to put on the brakes and I need to figure out you know, really who we are, where we're going, bring in great people to the company to help me and then build systems and processes to be able to scale. And that's probably the smartest thing I did in the early years of Keynes is, is literally to do that.
1: And it's been successful, obviously. Brandon, when did, when did you all get serious about growing?
2: Yeah, I think
3: ours is, I mean, our... our our stories are so similar in so many ways, but I mean, I think when we went to Lafayette, uh, we opened up in Lafayette in early 2011, and we just that was our first step outside of Baton Rouge. And we went over there, and I, I the the concept kind of evolved and it matured with us. And like Todd said, we invested in the infrastructure on the front side and by hiring people from outside. It, that that was one of the things that I think Jack and I always did. From the get-go is we we always had our doors open and said man come help us we didn't sit here and say no darn it we know everything we don't need any help come help us Te- teach us yeah. what, what have you done before what's worked in, in 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 the past and when we opened up lafayette and we opened up over there doing over six million dollars a year and people loved the food then we went to new orleans In the the culinary capital of the world, of the country, and and we won best new restaurant in the city, not just best new sports bar, best new restaurant in the city. That's huge. It it was big for us, and then we won ESPN's, like you alluded to earlier, ESPN's number one sports bar in 2012, and that's when we kind of looked back and said, okay, maybe we have something here. I think this is something that we can grow.
1: Well, and now you have Drew Brees, who joined last year as a partner and an ambassador. That's been tremendous for you. How did you get Drew on on board I mean he he invests in a lot of yeah. restaurants and a lot of everything
3: right right so he's a Jimmy John's franchisee right and uh, I got a call from his agent one day and, and said Drew and I would like to meet with you But well, then he called me back like five minutes later and he goes look actually I just picked up Drew he's in the car and I, I never met him before in my life and so I'm hey Drew Brees how are you and uh <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm, I was I had to get the, the you know the story out, out of me at first but Drew, Drew came and sat with uh, Rick Farrell and myself, who eventually, Rick is the guy that bought Jack out, and um, we, we sat down, and Drew said, look, man, I, I've I've passed by this location. I've stopped in here tons of times going to the Superdome, and he said, uh, of course, every athlete's dream is to own a sports bar, and he said, after coming in here, there's nothing that I would change. He goes, I love the story. He goes, honestly, yes, I got a scholarship, but... I'm a walk-on. I'm not asking to call it Drew Breezes or anything like that. He goes, I love the story. I love the name. I just want to be a part of it. And he goes, I want to buy in. He said, I'm not asking for a handout or anything like that on, on the marketing side. And he goes, I, I want to write a check. And so uh, it was a it was a really great. cool conversa- you, yeah, a conversation. Yeah, conversation. Plus, it, you say he's really sharp in business. Oh, my well, gosh. I, yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's an owner. He's, he owns 25% of our company. He, he did a valuation. He wrote a check for it. And I think, honestly, he was thinking of life after football mm-hmm. when he made this investment. Um, he's probably going to be more popular after absolutely. he retires yeah. anyway. Right. He's
2: going to be broadcasting, yeah. all kind of great things. So,
3: I mean, uh, he, he's involved. He, yeah. he, really, I mean, of course, this time of year, he's, he's got a game to play on Sunday. But during the summer, during the spring, I mean, he'll text me at 6, 6.30 in the morning, hey, I'm reading this franchise magazine about culture. What do you think about this?
1: That's so it,
3: It's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's cool to have him on.
1: You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. My guests are Brandon Landry of Walk-Ons, which ESPN named the best sports bar in America, and Todd Graves of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Now, y'all are both growing so fast. I mean, the numbers you were telling me before the show, y'all have how many? Almost 300 (coughs) locations. And probably by next week, it'll be almost 400. (laughs) (laughs) I know, know, but
2: they'll end the year with 310 or something like that. You'll end the year with
1: 310. And you said you project revenues will have gone from 580... We're probably about 7 45
2: or 750. We're trying to find we want to hit that. You find five more million, hit that 750 mark. Are
1: you all dealing only with with franchisees now? Or are you still opening some company stores? We're mostly
2: company restaurants. Are we're you about 75% franchise? Yeah, we're. Uh, it's hard for us to find people that are like me. I'm an operator and detail oriented, and everything goes to crew. It's hard to find people that have the money to grow large areas. You know, in large franchise territories that also are operators, and so. Um, for us I'm just so picky so we, we have currently about four major franchise groups around the country they they do about the 25 percent on growth and then I'm concentrating on um on international franchising so getting the right people internationally y'all are in them. Kuwait right now yeah we're we have a couple locations in Kuwait we opened the kingdom in Bahrain this summer so that was no kidding yeah we're opening Saudi in December
1: so why did you concentrate on the Middle East first and not Europe
2: Uh, you know, they love American concepts, so I didn't want to engineer my menu, and so they literally, you take your concept, and they, they, uh, are readily, uh, love American concepts, so, and then his partner, it was just, M.H. Al Shia, Muhammad Al Shia, is a great entrepreneur, and he's built a $7 billion company, because he's detailed, and and he cares about the same things and his values are, are the same as mine. So his partner in, and, and both in concept, and it's worked out very well.
1: Is it still called Canes in Arabic?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it sure is. So, you know, we have a, well, they, they mainly use English over there as well. Okay. Just, we use Arabic as a secondary, yeah.
1: That's fantastic. Now, it, it Walk Ons, y'all are really moving to the franchise model. Correct. And yep. you, you were telling me that y'all have like 55 restaurants either under construction or in the planning
3: yeah so we ha- we have 10 open now we have uh, about 11 in the next 12 to 14 months that we're going to open that are about to either under construction or, or fixing the break, break ground uh, and then i think it's uh, like 46 over uh, the next five-year period okay um, that's a lot m- more re- yeah it is and it's it's more regionally um, you know just like i said the 6 state area texas
1: to florida so and what's the key to the standardization that you need to be successful as you go out across the country and the world. That seems to me the most difficult thing with restaurants.
2: I think the most important thing overall is picking the right partners. It's people that are aligned with you, your values are the same, and you're aligned to your cultures, your non-negotiables, things like that. So picking the right partners, whether it's franchise partners, arts or your operating partners uh, that we have. We have managing partners at all locations and area partners. It's getting those people that are aligned with you. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, not hurrying or rushing or picking, never sacrificing quality for speed. So I know with Brandon, talked to him a lot about it. He doesn't go into an area and say we have to be in this part of Texas or we have to be in this part of Florida. He wants to be, but he's going to wait for the right partner to come along to do it. Same with us. We'll go. We'll go. Some, some of our interviews take a couple of years to find the right person, really? and we won't go until we get the right person. Same way. I mean, it, it's more about
3: the partner than is the area. The, we know our brand now. We know we can make it successful in area, any these areas that we're strategically picking out. But it's more about the partner.
1: so, how much would it cost me to buy in if I wanted to be a franchisee?
3: <coughs> on, on our brand, either so both. Yeah, we're either. a sixty thousand dollar franchise fee, and then we do five percent gross royalties and two percent
2: marketing. Okay. Yeah, we're roughly about the same. I mean, uh, if you start a new franchise, it's about for us. It's uh, I think it's forty thousand dollars. But that initial franchise fee you generally lose yeah. money on that. Yeah. You're putting yeah. so mm-hmm. much in to support them to get them set sure. up to get them to an open is. we just take 6% royalties. So it's all 6% off of sales are what we collect on royalties and with that is we can both be successful. We're both pushing for for what is is. We're we're top line driven company not bottom line. We're, you know, sales driven but still profit smart. And so I think that's the, that's the best way to make your income, Brad. Brad and I talk about it a lot. You know, other companies sometimes will take money through distribution. You know, they'll say mm-hmm. you got to buy our products and things like that. Is I think when you keep all that clear, if you get any rebates, let's say from Coca-Cola, you pass it on to the franchisees proportionately. So you're not trying to make any more money than we need to do a good job supporting you. And then you're going to pay us on the top end. That's Roll so this. interesting. And we've invested in the infrastructure on the front end. And something I learned from Todd is, man, put put
3: the money up front. You know, it, it, a lot of these franchise. I mean, we're we're a very small chain right now, but I mean, we we probably have the resources that a 40 store chain has sure. right now. VP is a culinary, directors of training, new store opening operators. I mean, it's it's really cool. And we went out and did this on the front end, and, and we invested that money, put it in our G&A from the from the get go, to make sure that our first franchisee gets. the same support as number 50
1: is gonna have. hmm mm-hmm. Todd and and this is probably some of the wisdom you, you learned you um, have kept your corporate headquarters in Baton Rouge but like your operation center is in Dallas and we know that Dallas is is the capital of the quick service and fast casual restaurant world you have to be there why what does Dallas have that we don't have in Baton Rouge
2: yeah, I mean, Dallas just has so many uh, national and regional headquarters. So it just has the talent, right? So for me, as being a Louisiana boy, this being my home and headquarters, I'm always going to remain in Louisiana and I'm always going to keep the headquarters here, right? We're a Louisiana LLC. That's very important to me. But I couldn't attract the restaurant talent, and I'm talking office talent and things like that, that had the experience of growing concepts, right? So growing great concepts. Great. Yeah. It's just growing concepts. So now if I was in industrial construction, down here, and I could literally go yeah. off of all the major companies that are down here. I could have kept growing with people that came and did, and it wasn't that when people, I mean, God, our recruiting efforts wasn't it that people didn't like Baton Rouge. They mm-hmm. really loved Baton Rouge, and then I would go to New Orleans, I'd go to Lafayette, and show them. They were their common response of not taking the job was, is that if I don't work out of your company or I don't like your company, I got to move my family again, right? right? And in Dallas literally about i don't know probably the numbers i have about 60 percent of the restaurant comes from dallas gotcha dfw area the rest of the 40 percent are in other areas a lot of them from denver a lot of from orlando other restaurant hubs a lot of them from la but they know if they don't you know if they don't like canes or i don't like them or whatever they just jump another job job because there's hundreds there's over a thousand restaurant related companies in dallas so for us is it was and it was hard too is because i I caught so much hell for that when i did when i literally opened and people like you know some people were just they were like, "What are you doing, banding, to Do this?" I'm like, "I'm not. I've kept the headquarters here. I'm doing this to grow it." And look, we're doing it. Seven, right. it, it very shortly later, we're seven hundred a fifty thousand dollar fair. company, and all coming he here doing it that. Them? It wasn't fair. No, it was a bad deal no. for a while. It really was. People yeah. were people were very mean about it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and, and so, but this is our home, and this is our headquarters. And like, our, we're planning right now our operational meetings here next year. Five hundred people are coming into Baton Rouge, you know, and all these great things. But um, now,
1: know. or have you all? Y'all aren't in Dallas. No, no. The difference between
3: be. our model our franchise model, we don't have to invest as in many people as he, as he did. You okay. know, and When you're talking about corporate growth like that and having all the regional managers and everything like that, we can expand a, a little bit larger area with less people mm-hmm. on the franchise side. So.
1: Real quick, because I know unsadly we're running out of time. What is the long-term growth strategy five years from now? Where is Cain's going to be? Well,
2: we, we announced our 2020 plan um, this past January. Um, we're looking to be 600 total units, franchise and company together. Like I said, still being 75% franchise. 600 units, 1.5 billion in sales, 35,000 great crew members. Wow. Yeah, and so for me, as numbers, and it goes through, it is it's just the way I started and the way we're growing is, for me, it comes down to, this is work with a sense of purpose for me. It literally is what inspires me is bringing great people to share my dream, having a great place for them to work, and having opportunities. Because of that, thirty-five thousand people—that's twenty-five hundred managers and fifteen hundred of those will be internal promotes. These wow. people are making yeah. six-figure incomes, and they're being—they're giving back to their communities. So. Uh, I don't know what 25% of 1.5 billion is, but that's what we give back to our communities every year. Right. And so Mm -hmm. literally when we go through it, so now it's just amazing to me. It's It's a a lot of hundreds of millions, but think of having something to scale. It's very exciting. So I feel like this is my purpose is what I'm here.
1: Great. What about you, Brandon? Yeah,
3: same thing here. I mean, when you look at our brand that started on a napkin, it's just like Todd and everybody told us no in the, in the beginning and sit here and think that, we're going to be in six states, and we're going to have almost 50 restaurants in in four or five years. And the employees, I mean, that, that's the people ask me all the time, what what a, what joy do I get out of this now? Yeah, and when's enough? And man, when we go in a, a Lubbock, Texas, that we just opened up, and you got 250 new crew members, and you can be in there and tell the story, and 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 let them be a part of a team. Uh, we talk about teamwork in our walk-ons background so much, and having these people, some of these kitchen people that join our team they, they've never been a part of a team maybe they didn't play high school sports or definitely college sports but they get to be a part of something bigger than themselves and and it's pretty cool to see when we have orientation and just seven days later when we're doing the closing ceremonies with our crew before we open up the next day how they become a part of a family they feel like they're part of a team and they feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves that's what's awesome to see now I mean when we go in these different restaurants and. You know, Todd can't walk in his restaurants anymore because he's no. he's like he's a, a pope. celebrity. I mean, he really is chicken he's celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is. But I mean, it's it's awesome to see, man. And these kids, they buy in now, and and they they sit there and they and, and I tell them, look, whether it's a stop along their path or this is their career from now on, you're gonna learn something, take something from this, and it's gonna make you a better person, better husband, better wife, better whatever you want to do in life. You're gonna learn something from this, and it's. it's really cool to see that it started on just a little scratch on a napkin, and here it does. We're, we're influencing, changing people's lives. It's its awesome.
1: Well, you hear these stories, and, and you think that they're just made up, but it's so inspiring and so much fun to think that it really did happen that way for both of you right here in Baton Rouge, and that you all have both been so successful. So thank you for sharing your time with us today Thanks on for Out to us. Lunch. Appreciate it. Thank Great you. to visit with you. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Todd Graves, owner and founder of Raisin Canes, and Brandon Landry, co-founder and CEO of Walk-On's Bistro and Bar. You can find out more about Raisin Canes and Walk-On's by following the links on our websites. It's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Rusciutti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Anne Edelman and Charlie D'Agostino. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. All the music on Out to Lunch is composed and performed by Mitchell Foreman. You can find more of Mitchell's music wherever great jazz is streamed or sold and at MitchellForeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style
0: on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. And by Shewerton Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas.